0: Who sets up a volleyball game on a Saturday in the middle of the High Estate Buckeye game? Who does that? They did.
1: Person that hates you,
0: Lisa.
2: I know. I was like, (laughs) are you kidding me? You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims.
3: David, David, David. Oh, don't you mean Tony, Tony, Tony? Who? Tony, Tony, Tony. That's not your name. No, Tony, 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 you know, from the, like the 80s? All
1: I know is Daryl, Daryl, and my other brother,
3: Daryl. <laughs> no, there's only two Daryls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, then
1: what's the other guy's name? I don't know. What, Daryl?
3: This is Daryl. And my other brother, Daryl. I don't no, know. I'm talking about Tony, Tony, Tony. You know, T-O-N-Y, T-O-N-I, and T-O-N-E with the little little hyphen thing over apostrophe? top Apostrophe? Yeah, that thing.
1: <laughs> okay, because if it didn't have the apostrophe, it'd be Tony, Tony, Tone.
3: No, it's like Tony, 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 Lo- Tony. No, you don't remember them from like the 80s, you know, nope. the R&B group? Nope. They sang, um, what was that? Feels Good. Nope. You do know it.
1: No, I don't. You do. Quit telling me what I know. I know what I know and I know what I don't.
3: You don't know what you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know that. No. Look it up. I'm horrible with singers and stuff like that. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you you know the song. So Google it, Tony, Tony, Tony. Feels good. You'll know it. You'll listen to it. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember.
1: I remember getting down in the club in the 80s. Is it something they played at the skating rink?
3: Uh, I don't know. I didn't get skate skating ring in the 80s. I went to the skate skating ring in the 70s. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. Maybe, maybe, Are you maybe that a, old? Maybe the early 80s. I went to skate All right. Hang on. Let me Google it. I know that song. Told you. Well, I didn't know that I knew it, so I didn't know it. <laughs> That's why I told you that you knew it, but you argue with me that you know what you know and what you don't know. Y'all got to look it up. Apparently, I know what you know and what you don't know. It's, it's, it's a good song. Feels good.
1: See, look at David singing. Hey, David, why don't you sing that song that you sing to the brothers all the time?
3: What, Crazy Women? No. <laughs> it's You Doing Me Wrong So Many Times. <laughs> something, something, something. So, first of all, we'll not sing it. And second of all, for those of you who want to look it up, it's the Ray Stevens song called Furthermore. It was my anthem song <laughs> after my divorce. <laughs> Stop pointing the Nerf gun at me. Sing the song. I am not singing the song. Well, then just say it. I can't just say it because I, I can't do it that way. Do it, David. No.
1: Come on. Show the people your talent.
3: Look, my singing is not a talent. Ow. Stop shooting me. Not singing right, it.
1: fine. Can you read the words Look, to do it? do
3: you want people to listen to this episode or not? Because if I start singing, they'll turn it off.
1: No, they won't.
3: <laughs> that's, that's just for family to hear. Oh, really? Kids love it, though. It's a blast.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know who Ray Stevens is.
3: Oh, now you're having another epiphany? Yeah. Yeah, Ray Stevens, you know, the squirrel went berserk. Yeah, in the something Baptist church. The first self-righteous church. Oh, see? That was close. It was a church. (laughs) Ray Stevens did a bunch of cool stuff,
1: man. You don't remember Ray Stevens? Well, I didn't realize that's who you were talking about until I saw his picture, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute.
3: Yeah, he done that one. He did uh, It's Me Again, Margaret. Oh, I know that one. He did The Street. He did oh, the street um every- everything is beautiful how about that um was that is that a funny song? no, not a funny song It's actually one of his one of his not funny songs uh he did get Tarzan I remember that one he did Clyde something about Clyde the Camel it's Mississippi Squirrel Revival, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, well, just so y'all know since Dave is not gonna sing the song. I'm going to read some of the words for you. (laughs) No, you're not. I am. (laughs) It says, Well, you done me wrong so many times and made me blue. I don't remember what I ever saw in you. And here you go again, hurting me. Plain to see that I'll always be sick and tired of your lying and your cheating and the way you've been mistreating me. So let me tell you, friend, (laughs) you'll never get the chance to break my heart again. And furthermore, furthermore, on top of that. Don't love you anyway. Don't love you anyway. (laughs) That's only half the song. That ain't even half of it. That's the first verse. Oh, yeah. It's
3: like a quarter. I would do the entire song for the kids. I don't man. believe you know the entire song, David. It was funny. I don't believe you know the entire song, David. Are you saying parts of it I don't, I've don't. i never sang?
1: No. I'm just waiting for you to go, yes, I do, Lori, and then singing it. Oh, you're trying to trick me. I'm trying to use that reverse iconology. And and, it, and it's got some uh, off-weeder saying. Huh? That's what it says in the bottom. Don't you ever try to come back?
3: Or be the same.
1: That's not what it says. It's off- weeder saying
3: okay adios mm-hmm.
1: arrivederci ciao ciao ciao, ciao.
3: <laughs> then what we'll- don't you ever try to come back okay i thought it said or be the same but nope <laughs> whatever it is you're saying <laughs> is probably right
1: hey right, you know that's <laughs> so funny how many songs have y'all thought you knew the words to <laughs> until you were with somebody else and you were singing the song and they're like that's not what it says
3: <laughs> or you of.
1: decided to google the lyrics for whatever reason and you're like wow i never knew that's what that song said
3: <laughs> yeah like the one that's talking about a douche
1: is it not a douche
3: that was <laughs> no, not a douche what is it <laughs> a douche oh it says another douche wrapped up like a douche it's actually revved up like a douche see not wrapped up like a douche <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i didn't say douche but that's what it sounds
3: like when you're yeah. listening to it. It sounds like wrapped up like a douche. Well, what's revved up like a douche? Is that a, um, a like car? A car, yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, now that song makes sense. All right. See, it's
3: revved up like a douche. Another runner in the night. Okay. Which Good it job. sounds like you're saying wrapped up like a douche. Another rotor in the night <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's so weird.
1: <laughs> we can make it. We can make a podcast on just what we thought songs
3: said. <laughs> yeah, I remember a song. It was like a rap song from the eighties, but there was a part of it that said, uh, there lived a y um I think it said there lived a young man, and I just thought I thought it said li- they lithium man <laughs> <laughs> for, for the longest time I thought it was a lithium man, not there lived a young man
1: <laughs> see, we grew up in the times that we bought cassette tapes, and sometimes they didn't have the lyrics in them, yeah. And we had no way to Google the lyrics to songs, so we just went by what we heard.
3: Well, uh, I hate to say this, but I would typically, I would typically record the song from the radio because I didn't have enough money to buy the cassette tape. We all did that. So I'd have like a tape in the radio. No lie, I would sit there. Not with, in your
1: car. You couldn't record in no, the car.
3: At home. This right. is what I did as a teenager. Now, I would. And some of you people that are my age are going to probably know, remember doing this. But I would sit there on Saturdays during the American Top Forty <laughs> with the songs playing, and I would and I would be recording, and I would like re- hit record and pause. And so as soon as the songs came on, and Casey Kasem stopped talking, I would unpause it so that it would record part of the Top Forty countdown, so that I could have music to listen to in my car. <laughs> yeah, we did that. Uh, so that's how I got my music.
1: I remember I thought <laughs> I was like just so tough when I got a stereo that had two cassettes.
3: Heck yeah, because you could dub them. Yeah. I don't even know if kids these days even know what dubbing means.
1: I don't even know if they know what a stereo looks like.
3: I remember I had one that had dual speed dubbing.
1: And mine had the equalizer lights. <laughs> Heck yeah.
3: Yeah. Dude, this was the 80s. You hadn't had like a big boombox with all kind of lights on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, talk about the boombox days.
1: Ooh. I don't know how I ever rode a bike holding a big old radio <laughs> And it riding is. around the block with no hands. I tried to ride a bike not long ago with one of with Jackson and one of his friends and we went up this little hill and <laughs> it's like I started going up the hill and all of a sudden I just stopped and fall over.
3: Yep. <laughs> Man, that's probably why we were so strong as kids. We carrying around a forty pound stereo with us.
1: Well, not just that, but I had to carry a saxophone too.
3: Man, I tell you what. That was the date.
1: Yeah, we were tough. <laughs> I watched a video today on Facebook where it's like The mom from the 80s versus the mom from now. Oh, man. And it shows her going, I don't care if you're hungry. Here's a Pop Tart. And she throws Pop Tarts at the kids. Mm -hmm. Whereas the mom's now like, Oh, honey, I have your avocado, da 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 da, that's nutritious for you. We don't want to have too much sugar.
3: Yeah, your avocado toast.
1: Yeah. And then it's (laughs) got the lady in the pool and she's said, Oh, yeah, you got to put three layers of baby oil on to get a good tan (laughs) in the 80s, of course. And then. Now it's, oh, honey, come here. Let me give you the SPF 1000. I did my research, and that's the best one for you. And we have to reapply it every five seconds.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. The 80s were awesome.
1: Well, you don't know any other
3: time other than now. You look at anything, and they tell you the 80s were awesome. Really? Yeah. Maybe you should write
1: a song about the 80s being awesome.
3: I'm sure there's already one. But you hear, you know, you look around, everybody talks about the 80s were so awesome. The awesome 80s. Even people that weren't around in the 80s were like, man, I wish I was around the 80s. Or so. they got, what was it? The Wedding Singer? Was yeah. It, was that the 80s? No, it wasn't the 80s when they made it, but it's they made it and it's um, set in the 80s.
1: Okay. I don't know. The I'm Wedding telling. Singer is actually from 1998.
3: I know. That's what I'm saying. It's set in the Oh, it's in set 80s. in
1: 1985. How do you know this stuff? How do you not? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I will even remember it tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, we all have our talents. And apparently knowing when songs were made, who sang them.
3: Yeah, I've got this musical talent thing happening. I don't know.
1: But yet he won't sing the Ray Charles song for you.
3: Well, you don't. No, I'm not doing it. See, he started. He started.
1: (laughs) Come on, people. All right, we're going to take votes. This isn't like Facebook, though. I can't say if I get 100 likes.
3: I tell you what, you could take up a I was starting to say take up an offering. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you could take up uh donations to a charity of your choice. And if we get enough, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> All right.
3: You gotta make things complicated. Since the since the Buckeye Bonus Mom has a charity for her cruise, you wanna talk about that?
1: Yes, she does. They have a cruise, I believe it's once a year.
3: So that's who we're interviewing today, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's who we're interviewing today. <laughs> Lisa from the Buckeye Bonus Mom. <laughs>
1: They have a cruise that benefits Buckeyes, which are people from Ohio, I think. <laughs> oh, wait. I think it's their football team. <laughs> I think it's their football team. And cancer. They do fundraisers on the ship, and they honor survivors of cancer. So it's pretty awesome that they do this. Uh, who knows, David? Maybe you and I will go one day. Yeah. I'd love it. She's been blending for about 15 years. She's got a really different twist of things. Okay? Okay. Now, please pay attention, David, because I don't want to have to explain this to you more than once.
3: Draw, uh, draw it on the board with your I, little flow chart. I don't chart. have
1: time for all that. Oh, God. Okay, go ahead. If you can remember that the wedding singer took place in the <laughs> 80s.
3: <laughs> it did not. It was set in the 80s. Set
1: in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Lisa and her husband have been married. <laughs> yeah. She has three stepkids, three step-sons.
3: Okay, from the husband.
1: She lovingly referred to them as the weasels. <laughs> Okay, Okay. the weasels currently 24, 21, and 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Her husband's ex had another child, a little girl.
3: Okay. After he was no longer married to her, right? Right. Okay. She
1: had a child with someone else. Okay. And she needed help with this child. She had gotten sick or something like that, and she needed help with the child. OK, so she wanted one of the stepsons to come back home of one of her bio sons to come home to help her take care of this baby. And so Lisa said, wait a minute, that's not really the best idea. What's going on? And so she got involved. She went and got the baby and started help taking care of her. Wow. So this child is not biologically Lisa's nor her husband's, but they are pretty much raising this child me. So Lisa refers this to round two of the blend.
3: Is that a weasel too?
1: She's a weaselette.
3: A weaselette. Lisa's <laughs> not the weasels and the measles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's the three weasels and the weaselette. Weaselette is 12. And of course, Lisa's like, what was I thinking? Yeah, I man. just finished this one crazy blend and then here I go volunteering for another.
3: Yeah, not even like not even her husband's kid. Right. Like the ex wifes of the husbands,
1: Right. So it's almost really like an adopted kid.
3: Yeah. That's good for you, Lisa. I yeah. don't know what you were thinking either.
1: <laughs> She's awesome. She's got a big heart. She's
3: got to be awesome to do that.
1: She's got a very big heart. The bio mom has even had dinner at their house several times. But Lisa did learn that there is a need to set boundaries. <laughs> I'm sure there is. People misunderstand boundaries. Boundaries are not being mean. Boundaries are healthy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's how you convey those boundaries that can be mean Mm -hmm. or not.
3: Like, stay out of my underwear drawer. David, where did that come from? That's a boundary. I keep having to tell you that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea where that came from. (laughs) All right, carry on. I, I don't know where to go with this. Um, yeah, what David said. Not what David said. One thing that we also talk about or that I also talk about with Lisa is the importance of discussing what your expected role is as a stepmom in the blend, what you think it's going to be and what your significant other thinks, thinks it's going to be. But now here's the kicker. David and I were pretty much aligned without even discussing what my role was going to be, and that didn't work. Y'all mm-hmm. know that didn't work. That almost ended in the D-I-V-O-R-C-E, and that's a song, too. Good job. <laughs> I don't know who sings
3: it, though. I don't know. If it's a
1: female. Is it? Now, there's also that song, Going Through the Big D, Don't Mean Dallas.
3: And a male sings that one.
1: I can't believe a judge had to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> anyway, so... It's very important to discuss those things, but also we've talked about it before. We need a nacho course for pre-relationship blended people.
3: Yeah, yeah. Put that on the list. We'll we'll get it done.
1: You see how long this list is? <laughs> we're gonna be ninety. Be like, oh yeah. I think I remember we were
3: <laughs> when we had
1: issues. Y'all remember back in twenty twenty when we said we were going to do that pre. Blended relationship, nacho thing. Well, we did it. It'll be one of those things they find when we die. Those old archived recordings yeah. that never made it out into the public.
3: Yeah, that's like we like talked Prince. about uh, on a previous one, we talked about how we had the the podcast that never got aired. You know, the lost recordings of the podcast. Yes. <laughs>
1: that's right. Yeah, like Prince.
3: Yeah, like Prince. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I did talk to Lisa about her saying that she was the bonus mom because, you know, that's kind of like makes a uh, nacho mom cringe. Yeah. Saying I'm a bonus mom.
3: Well, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I think if you're a bonus mom, if the stepkids think you're a bonus, otherwise you're not a bonus mom.
1: (laughs) Right. And remember (laughs) Sylvia, when we did the um, podcast episode with her and she said, bonus mom, that's like a booby
3: prize. A booby, yeah, yeah, I remember that. You said it sounded like a booby prize. Well, was we had somebody else say something like, "I don't call them my bonus kids because it's more of a struggle than a bonus." Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but she looks at them as they are a bonus to her, and I honestly do think these kids look to her as she's a bonus as well because they recognize that she has taken their sister in, Lisa. We are so glad that you took in Weaselette. We know life's not easy. We support you in round two. And we know you'll win this round also. Yep. So y'all know what happens now. Time to get to listening. Get to listening. <laughs> you gotta get to listening. <laughs> Listen to Lisa with the Buckeye Bonus Mom.
2: There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship. And it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step-family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step-parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com.
1: Today, we have Lisa from Buckeye Bonus Mom. Hey, Lisa, how are you? How are you doing, Lori? Doing well. So tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending, the number of kids, and where they fall categorically?
0: Okay, so um, I've been blending for about 15 years, if you count dating and married, Um, and I have four um, stepchildren, Um, kind of a unique situation on the fourth. The number one, which I, I I have a loving nickname, I call him Weasels, um, and <laughs> number one is now 24, and he's out of the house. And then we've got a 21-year-old, and he's also out of the house in college. And then 20-year-old is still at home, and he actually just started welding school, so we're really excited about that. And then the fourth, which is Weaselette, is what I call her, loving nickname, um, she is actually... Um, not ours by blood at all, Um, not my husband's. She is the biological mom's daughter, and we are helping raise her. Wow. That's what we say. Wow.
1: Yeah, let's make sure we get this straight. You dealt with a bio mom for 3 stepsons, and then they're pretty much almost out of the house, and you take bio mom's other child that is not your husband's, into your home to raise her. Correct.
0: We have been involved since um Michaela was fourteen months old. So when her mom got really, really sick with pneumonia, she called and wanted me to um have Tyler, the oldest, come and watch um his sister. And at that time we were not getting along. It was it was a really, really, really rough time. And I decided that, you know, Tyler, he's 12. I, I really didn't want him to be responsible for that. So I asked her what was going on. And she said, you know, I, I have pneumonia. I don't have anybody watch Kayla. Kayla's, you know, a toddler. I'm not getting any sleep. And I, I thought maybe he could come over and watch her. So I, I had 30 seconds or so to think about it. I, You know, I could have slammed down the phone because honestly, It was a really, really rough time and she had not treated me very nicely. However, I don't know what possessed me, but I said, would she go with me? And she said, well, yeah, I think so. And so little did I know, I mean, I had never went to the drop-off pickups at that time. Um, My husband did all that. So I went and got her and brought her home. And when the boys got home from school, there was their baby sister. And I was watching her and that's kind of the turning point even for us getting along. And so I started watching Michaela from, you know, here and there and so on. And I started picking her up from school and taking her to school. And uh, she, about three or four years ago, we ended up when the boys were moving around their rooms and, and the oldest was um, moving out to, you know, on campus uh, to college, um, we ended up painting a room for her and, and decorating a room and having a room for her. So she she's had a room here quite for a number of years now.
1: Okay, well, let's back up to your stepmom years. Okay, what was your relationship like with your stepkids and your involvement with the bio mom then?
0: Well, nor okay. So when we when I first um, got married and and was dating. Um, mom didn't really pay too much attention to me, you know, and I, I think once, once we did say I do, that's when, you know, she wanted to know who am I more about me because I think she realized, oh, she's sticking around. She's staying. So, um, it really wasn't good. I, I tried to extend some olive branches and they were returned. Um, and I, I just, I looked at myself in the mirror and I asked myself, you know, are you doing the best you can? And I basically said, yes. And that's all I could do. So even though she didn't care for me and, you know, I I knew that she had said some things to my husband and so on about me, I just kept going. And there, we all, I always had a great relationship with the boys. I wouldn't say I loved them right away and I'm sure they didn't love me right away. But we liked each other. Um, You know, they were four, five and eight when I met them. And uh, so being young and, you know, and being at that age of, of being able to still contribute some, what would you say, some value to their lives and being able to take them to their practices and get involved that way or do some homework with them and so on. Um, Even though they didn't like doing the homework, I, I think, as they got older, they appreciated that. And mm-hmm. the the turning point though was when, you know, Kayla was a, a toddler. And at that point, the boys, I want to say they were maybe teenagers at that time. And that's when the turning point was. So we were able to even sit together at their events and so on and Um, We were able to have some candid conversations behind the scenes without the boys and so on about just how I felt as a stepmom and how she felt as a mom. So, and we kind of listened to each other and I respected what she was saying. And I think she respected what I was saying at that time.
1: Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good that you were able to have those conversations with her. A lot of people don't get there. Personally, for me, I didn't need to get there. I think I may have contacted her twice in um, the whole time that the kids lived here. And one time was to complain (laughs) and tell her that basically, why are the triplets coming home not having read a book that you've had with them for the last week and it's due tomorrow? Right. They haven't read any of it. And she's like, well, how was I supposed to know? I said, the same darn way I knew. I looked on the power school thing or whatever it's called. That's funny. We have power school, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Power school, how to ruin a parent's day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I understand exactly what you're saying because... When the boy the boys went to school in our district, um, not in her district, she she didn't live very far away. At, at points, maybe maybe thirty minutes at one point, and another another time when she moved, it was you know maybe ten minutes or so on. However, we, you know we were more in charge of the projects and, and the school stuff. And we did, you know, we did have some words over that because it is hard when you do have the 50, 50, cause we, we had every different schedule. We had, at first, it was like the typical guy schedule that a father gets when we first got together. Then when we first, when we were first married, it was 50, you know, one week on one week off. And that's when we found too that there were a lot of things that probably, could be done differently for the boys because um, we were finding that things were being dropped and so on. And we we just wanted the best for the boys and um, realizing that um, some of the homework wasn't done, the backpacks weren't checked and so on. However, you know, you cannot control that other house just like she can't control our house. So we do the best we can and that's all you can do.
1: Yes, that's all you can do. Yeah, you learn to let go of the things you cannot control. It's not going to help anything if you start complaining about what's happening in her house because then she's going to think the kids are telling you things, and then she's going to get mad at the kids. That's one thing I always worried about, you know, the other parent getting mad at the kid for saying this is what happens at the other house.
0: Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Um, A a funny story was, you know, even though I had a good relationship with the boys, um, they're... (laughs) They still would try, you know, maybe get their mom's attention by saying something that we, we've done in the house. Well, they wouldn't really tell the whole story. So, for example, they told their mom that I didn't feed them. And, of course, she was really upset, called my husband. What is this? At least it doesn't feed them. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. They get dinner and, and snacks and so on. So fast forward, she comes over for a birthday party and she's helping, you know, she's cooking um, because I'm doing the decorating. She's cooking. We're having it at our house. And she opens up the pantry and our pantry is pretty full, full of snacks and all kinds of stuff. Well, she yells at the boys because they're upstairs in their bedrooms and she has them come down and she's like, boys, she's like, what is this that Lisa never fed you? And then they were kind of like deer in the headlights. And remember, I had a good relationship with them, but they were playing the household. And they were like, mm-hmm. well, she didn't let us have snacks before dinner. So that was what they were trying to say. Not that I didn't feed them. Mm-hmm. I just didn't allow snacks before dinner. I allowed them a snack when they got home from, from uh, school. And then after that, it was cut off until dinner. So we kind of laughed about that because... Um, You know, kids will say things, but they don't entirely tell the exact whole story.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember my niece, I went to take her, to drop her off at daycare one morning, and she didn't want to go in the first place, of course. And we get there, and she's like, but they don't
3: feed me,
1: and started crying. And I was like, get in the car, get in the car. So I put her back in the car, and I called them, and I was like, she said that y'all don't let her have breakfast. And... They said, we don't let her have two bowls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. Kids know how to work it, though. They do. And even, like I said, even if you have a great relationship, they try to get your emotion or they try to get your attention somehow. And if you give them that attention, whether it be bad or good, they love it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Let's back up a second. Bio mom was in your house. Yes,
0: yes. Um, We've had um, the biological mom over for dinner. She's come over before. Um, She has been, we've had, once we started, you know, getting along and so on, instead of having, you know, two birthday parties, um, we would have one birthday party or one graduation party because it it was silly to try to invite, um, you know, her side of the family, my side of the family, my husband's side of the family. Um, and we just did a combined party. And so, yes, she's, she's been over and inside the house and so on. And, you know, again, that it didn't come overnight, you know, that wasn't something that I was like, oh yeah, just come on in. Um, it just, it was step by step and, um, yeah, it just happened.
1: Yeah. I don't see it ever just happening in my world. (laughs) This is where everybody's different. Exactly.
0: No, and, and I will say this in Buckeye Bonus Mom, we all have the same similar feelings. I, I truly believe that at the core, like Ron Deal said. Um, however, the, the, the family dynamics, the family situations, you know, if you've got his, ours, hers, you've got some like me that are child free. I don't have any bio kids. And you've got to figure out what works for you in your home with your husband. And, you know, the way it works with your marriage. And that's the that's the best you can do because um, each family is different.
1: Yes, it is. And you do just have to figure out what works best for you. Exactly. In the beginning, if somebody would have told me about nachoing before David and I got married or even in the first year, I'd have been like, you're crazy. Step back and don't tell them what to do and don't make sure they do their homework and their chores. And what are you talking about? A stepmom's supposed to do all that stuff. And thank God I listened when that counselor told me those 862 times that they were not my kids because it saved my marriage. It really did. And it not only saved my marriage, it changed my life because I did a lot of um, thinking and becoming more self-aware during that time and really realizing that when we don't have control of things, it can consume us because we won't control so bad when in reality, letting go of things is more of an ultimate type control.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I so agree with that. You know, your ego is getting in the way, um, Mm -hmm. lots of different things. You want control. You want want to know, you know, I'm a planner, um, for example, and the biological mom is more um, fly by the seat of her pants, you know, not, that's just how she is. I'm not saying that. that's just a fact. And everybody that knows me knows that I'm more of a planner, go by the calendar, so on. I had to learn to be so flexible, and I was not used to that. I, you know, plans changed, so on, and I had to let it go because otherwise, I would have been in a ball in the in the room crying because things weren't going exactly how I planned. And you do mm-hmm. have to pay attention. You have to pause. I say that all the time. You have to pause. You you have to really think before you speak. And is it worth it? You know, it, can you bite your tongue and, and go through it? I'm not saying that you should bite your tongue all the time. But really, is somebody going to hear you, somebody not? And um, just like what you did with stepping back, the thing that I can tell you that I, how I stepped back in the beginning was I really got to know my stepkids, my, you know, my stepsons. I really, I did not punish them. I didn't discipline them for a very, very long time. I will say, I, I want to say maybe a year. Um, and I spent a lot of time with them, but I would leave that to their dad because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that, they understood, you know, my role and respect, but I wanted them to know that that was from their parent because I, I feel like if you jump in too quickly on that, um, that can backfire on you. So I, I did end up disciplining them because I ended up spending a lot of time with them, and you know, if dad's not home until six, seven o'clock, and they needed discipline at three you know, it's, it's hard. However, for the first, mm-hmm. I want to say, like I said, for the first year or something. And I remember, um, Tyler, the oldest talking at one of my stepmom events. And one of the things, you know, we, we, I, I think one of the ladies asked, or the stepmoms asked him said, what did Lisa do well? And, or something that she did well that you liked. And he mentioned that, and that's kind of stuck in my head because he said, he, she wasn't quick to, to discipline. She got to know us. She did homework. She did fun things and so on. And, and, um, you know, um, we, we earned her, we, she earned our respect. And then that's when she was able to d- discipline us.
1: hmm. Exactly. Because then the kids see it as, love and not you're just being this old hateful evil stepmom that has to have control and change your life and make them do homework and eat broccoli yes yeah yeah that's true they know when you walk out the door and say where are you going it's because you want to make sure that you know where they are in case something happens not because you're trying to parent them right that's not your role
0: yeah exactly i agree and by the way my stepkids all like broccoli i don't (laughs)
1: <laughs> I know. Weird kids. Now, you and I were talking a few minutes before we started recording, and you mentioned needing boundaries with Biomom, and you didn't start off that way.
0: No, um, we didn't. So we didn't get along for so many years. And then when we did, you know, start to turn that corner and started to get along, and we started sitting together at events or talking here and there and having some candid conversations, Um you know, we, we, I didn't really put in too many boundaries. I mean, I had her over at the house. I, I, I'm trying to think, I, I just didn't really, we didn't really think about boundaries at that point. And, um, now rethinking probably should have put up some boundaries of how we were going to do this because now I think we've been doing it for so long, going back and trying to put some boundaries in place have been a little bit more difficult. And it's not that I do not, I mean, I want to get along, but I just think there should be some boundaries, um, some more boundaries in place than there was in the beginning.
1: Right. So are you still comfortable with her coming to hang out at your house? She still does here and there, not as much, um, because,
0: you know, she's got her own life when the boys see the boys, when they were little, it was, and if they had sports and stuff, if that was a way to see them and she could come over to dinner um, and spend an hour, you know, that's, that's kind of why we did what we did. Now mm-hmm. um, the boys are pretty much grown and they can contact her, you know, when they want and so on. Um, and now with the, with her daughter, um, we're trying to figure all that out again because it's basically like what I've said is round two, because you know we signed up to um, be a guardian for Michaela and um, and co-parent with um, with her mom, and she is in our school system, so you know she gets the bus from her house and so on, and her mom works late hours. Um, with being a in an urgent care, so we've got to find um, the time to figure out when it's best to go see her mom, when it's best to stay the night at our house, and so on. But um, she still has come over here and there, not as much though.
1: Yeah, you must be a kind soul, there, Lisa. <laughs> uh,
0: I I really, you know what I do everything. Why I do it, and I know for you like you said, it saved your marriage. And I understand, again, everybody is different. For us, I did it because I wanted, if there was any way possible that I could get along with their mom, I wanted them to have that peace, if that makes sense. Because like the middle, um, Noah, he's the middle one, um, stepson, he said to me, he said, you know, I am so glad that you and Mom get along and and i I could see it in their faces when we were at events instead of trying to look over completely to the right and see their mom in the stands or completely to the left and see us in the stands and not even be able to sit by each other and I know that it doesn't work for everybody again it 's what works for for your family, but for us, it did work, and I saw the peace and and I really, really enjoyed knowing that the boys were not struggling, thinking, oh my gosh, my mom hates Lisa and Lisa hates my mom or whatever. My dad's in the middle and and so on. And and that was a big, big thing for me. So that's that's why I did what I did.
1: You know, it's funny you bring that up about the basketball game or whatever and not sitting together and having to look at two sides. My son's father made a comment one time and said, don't ever think that we'll be sitting at football games or whatever together watching him, I think it was basketball games, watching him and playing happy family or something like that. Right. And uh something, you know, not so nice. And I said, you know what, that's okay because he'll never have to choose. I'll tell him to go straight to you. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You don't do that to kids. You don't make them feel like they have to stand in the middle and not know who to go to because they're gonna hurt somebody's feelings.
0: Right. And I, and I saw that when we did not get along, I saw, especially when we had the 50, 50. So, so if they were with their mom that week and they had a concert and we came, you know, they would run over and see their dad and me, mostly their dad, you know, that's, that's what it was about. And then, but they would go and sit with their mom because I felt like they think they had to do that. And then with us, Um, a lot of times we would say to them, um, go ahead and go sit by your, like, if it was our week, we would say, it's okay. You can go sit by your mom if you want to, when we didn't get along. Because I, I just, Mm -hmm. again, I posted the other day, I think on Facebook and I thought, what do these kids, what the, what must they think? And what do they go through that we have no idea? You know, I, my parents, I'm blessed. They've been married for 60 years. So I do not come from a divorced family. So I'm also adopted and so is Ryan and my husband. And the reason why I mentioned that too is because I feel like being a stepmom, I never had to have blood. I mean, I know some, some uh, stepmoms don't love their bio kids, or, I mean, not their bio kids. Of course they love their bio kids. <laughs> um, they don't love
1: I don't their, know, sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't love their step cuts like their own, but I don't know any different. So, for me, you know, maybe if I would have a biological kid, which that's a whole nother podcast um, of how I wanted... It's funny how life works, but anyhow, um, but... I, I do love them just like they were my own because I don't know any different. And to me, blood—it's—it it, doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter to Ryan either. Um, but I just—I I feel for these kids, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. i, I kind of have like a a soft spot in my heart, and I just feel like you know, I—it's I not that I want to pay, play happy family, but I wanted them to have some peace. And again, I understand because a lot of people think, well, there's a divorce for the reason or or reason. Why are you guys sitting together? You're making it seem like it's some false thing. Well, I don't know if it is or
1: isn't, but the boys sure liked it. Right. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact you're adopted. Maybe. I think that you're going to view family from a different viewpoint than people that weren't adopted.
0: Maybe. I mean, to me, my mom and dad, the ones that raised me, the ones that held my head when I was sick, the one that came to my event, those are my mom, my mom and dad. I've never looked for, you know, my bio parents either has my husband because I, I don't know. First of all, that's another whole can of worms. And um, I've got enough on my plate and my table and every everywhere else to even think about doing that. And uh, but again, I had a, a great my parents are great. They're awesome. Um, But right. Mm -hmm. I, I look at it maybe from a different perspective. I don't know. I just, I look at it. I don't know. I just love kids. I've always loved kids. And I always, my oldest used to tease us and say, there's an open sign on the door. That's a revolving, like 24 hours open. If you put a kid on the porch or an animal, you'll take them in. And he's kind of right. We have rescue dogs. We have rescue cats. And yeah, I love them.
1: Yeah, I, I like kids too. Um, and David's kids and I, I thought we were doing pretty good until it's hard to love somebody that's trying to destroy your marriage. Yes, yes. And wishes you would leave the house and probably wishes you would die, but knows right. better than to say that part.
0: Right. Well, no, and, that, and I can't imagine, you know, you shared with me, there's four boys um, and three mm-hmm. all the same age. You know, one's just a mm-hmm. year or two older. I, I mean, I cannot yep. imagine feeling ganged up on by four, not just one, not two. And the triplets, I, right, four.
1: Yeah. Four. My son was five years younger than them, so they kind of like beat up on him a lot.
0: <laughs> right. I I probably would have done the same thing. I mean, again, we talk about what works for the family, and you have to figure mm-hmm. it out. And that's the thing. There is no there's really not that there's a manual for parenting, but I think we talked a little bit before we started the podcast about, um, you know, your son, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's yours. Mm -hmm. Um, you may have a fight, but you unconditionally love him with step kids. You may unconditionally love them, but as an adult, but because we can process that. However, a step kid they don't have to love us. They don't even have to like us. Nothing. And if they're mm-hmm. also being told, you know, who knows what's being told on the other uh, in the other home. So you know, it, it's really really difficult.
1: Well, and two, I understand the being an adult and being able to love them. Yeah, I love my stepkids. Now I don't know if I can say I love my stepkids unconditionally. Yeah, and I know that that sounds horrible, but I love my son unconditionally. Exactly. And I love, I love my stepkids. I would do anything in the world for them, but I don't know. Maybe I do. I, I don't know. I'm struggling with this because <laughs> I do love them. And I feel like that there's really nothing they could do that would ever make me stop loving them um, just as a person. Right. But I guess in a way it does come with conditions because if they came in and started beating up my kid, it's going to, you no, know, that's unconditional you beating up my kid I'm not gonna love you I can't love you if you beat up my kid right That's just wrong right so yeah you've got me wondering on this one how I feel about it because it's not an unconditional love and I think it's okay too for the step parents to realize that they don't have to like the step kids either
0: no I I totally agree there are situations where it's just not gonna happen you know um it's not gonna mesh you know um and and not it Unfortunately, it does happen or fortunately it does, but you marry the person and he comes along with a lot of baggage or, you know, or in some cases we come along with a lot of baggage Um, and we help Mm -hmm. each other unpack it. But I I totally understand where you're coming from as far as like I said if I had a biological kid I may feel I it may change my perspective the way I look at my four stepchildren but now because I don't have any I don't know any other thing and for me I do love them unconditionally I used to tease the one and say nice. you know I'd take a take a bullet for him you know and he mm-hmm. would just think that was you know because being a boy and you know, uh, that kind of thing. And he, he would just kind of snicker and think that was kind of funny. But it's true. But I don't know any other way. So not having a biological child, it makes a difference.
1: Right, right. Now I'm going to be questioning myself because I do feel like that. Now, granted, at one point, this is what I'm, you know, try we try to tell people is, y'all, I'm telling you this stuff works because I went from those kids hating me and me hating them just as much as they hated me to, Right now, I'm trying to question if I love them unconditionally because I do love them enough to where I'm thinking I may, and that's um, that's a big thing to love somebody unconditionally. Yes,
0: and if it doesn't, yeah. if, if it doesn't, you know, and I I don't think the step stepmom or stepdad should be ashamed if they don't. Um, but I do think there, you know, should be some sort of uh, respect and and that type of thing. Um, you know, even. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like each other, you got to figure a way to work around it. And like you did, you stepped back and you figured that out. And now you're saying, you know, you have a pretty good relationship with them. And it worked. It worked for you. Mm-hmm. It saved your marriage and it worked for you and the relationship that you have
1: with your step sons. Yeah. I mean, I reengaged as the cool aunt. I was the one that bought them the cereal they wanted, or I was the one that would buy something at the dollar store or send them in the dollar store to get something and give them a couple extra bucks to get them something.
0: Right. I know what you're saying. No. And I mean, that's great. That's great. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I'm not the cool aunt. (laughs) I think sometimes, I I think sometimes, what what did they call me for the homework? They called me um, the homework Nazi. Yeah, I got that nickname. Homework Nazi. Homework Nazi. Yeah. Because I am all mm-hmm. about education, so I was always checking their homework, making sure that they were doing it. Obviously, when they got older, you know, no, but when they were younger, yeah, we pulled out the backpacks. We made sure that power school, um, what we talked about, that, that was on, you know, I, I want to make sure that you're doing mm-hmm. this. And I think now, though, I think that, you know, they, they laugh about it, but I think they were happy that I, I did. I was there because their mom wasn't here or was at work. Their dad's at work, so it was me. Right.
1: Now, let me ask you something. Before you and your husband got married, did y'all discuss, hey, this is what my role is going to be? I'm not going to discipline them. I'm going to just kind of help you if you need it, or did y'all even discuss that? Because I know David and I really didn't discuss it. It was just kind of assumed that I would take over the mothering type roles, which includes the dinner, the homework, the, you know, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. We, we did go to counseling actually before got married because honestly, I did see, it's not like I didn't want to marry him. And there were a bunch of, bunch of red flags because honestly, you know, you talk about it, would you ever do it again? Um, I love my husband. I absolutely love him, but it's been hard. It's really been hard. And, and, going through some of the things that we've went through, you know, you question it at times. So, we did go through a couple sessions of counseling before we got married. And, you know, discussing a few things here and there. But I, you know, in my mind, I was going to be the super stepmom and, you know, and he thought that too. Um, I did not think about, you know, should you know, should I take him to the doctor? Should I not? Should I take him to the dentist? Should I be making a dentist appointment? So I kind of left it to the mom. And when say, you know, I would ask her, Hey, you know, the kids, are they going to the dentist soon? Oh yeah, I've got an appointment or something like that. And then I would wait. And if, if, say they didn't end up going, then we would make the appointment. I'd ask, I kind of like asked my husband, should we make an appointment for the dentist? Because I know they haven't, gone yet in a while. Yeah, go ahead. You know, and so I would take them. But we didn't really discuss every rule. We did kind of discuss the disciplining, but I kind of said, you know, I don't want to do that. I I don't really know them yet, and I just want you to do that. So, and little did I know that that was going to be a good thing. Um, Because again, there is There's no manual and there's no, I mean, I know people that have introduced their kids on a first date. I know kids that haven't met their partner or significant other um, for six months. You know, there is no Mm -hmm. right or wrong way. Um, I have my ideas of what should be, you know, what is, what I would say is right, but that works for us, not maybe for everybody Uh else.
1: Right. But you can recognize what would and would not work for certain people. Yes. It's um, it's, it's not hard to figure it out once you talk to them for a little bit, figure out, um, like Dave would say, start peeling that onion back a little bit and figure out where they are. And then it's like, okay, nacho is definitely not going to work for you because of these reasons. Exactly. It's just, you know, not possible. And um, some people will say, well, are there situations you can't nacho? Yes, there are. Of course, safety and health, but... Also, you don't need to nacho everything. You nacho the stuff that causes you stress. If it doesn't bother me to cook dinner for all those kids, feed them. But for me, I got tired of hearing the kids complain about my food, so I told David he could feed them where they could eat cereal. I didn't care. <laughs> uh I have a bunch of crockpot
0: recipes. If you haven't heard, I'm like the crockpot queen. Um My oldest said crock pot is a bad word because I fed them so much with crock pot food because of the sports and so on. It would be if I was working when I, because when we first got married, I was working full time and I traveled for work. So between that and trying to get them fed and get them to their sports and so on um, one sport per kid per season. So if you can imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, well, having four, I don't know if they were into sports, but all three of them were into different sports. We've got a soccer player, a football player, and we had a football player. So we had five games starting on Thursday. We had a game, uh, soccer. Friday night was football. Saturday morning was football. And Saturday afternoon to morning, maybe a crossover was soccer. And then Sunday was football. And that wasn't even including the practices.
1: We didn't have to deal with that Partly because the kids went to a private Christian school. Okay. And secondly, because once we went to 50-50, we couldn't rely on the other party to provide transportation, much less the um, willpower to take them. Right, right.
0: Yeah. We And we had some issues like that, too. Um, we just did the best we could and and— on the weeks that we had them and, and so on and, and, got them there. And luckily they were, they were still younger. And once they got older and then they could even drive, then they were, they were not missing practices. But I can remember, you know, going down the road, seeing my husband going to the other school and so on. At one point at one year, they were one was in elementary, one was in middle and one was in high school. That was a fun year. Mm. <laughs> Color coded calendar. Little, 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 little bit crazy. I don't, I, you know what? I, I do miss those days because I, I love football. You know, I'm a big Buckeye fan, high state Buckeye fan. But on the other hand, I don't miss not, I mean, there were, there were weeks where you could see on our calendar that there was not a free day hardly at home. And we always tried to do dinner together. Um, even if it was 15, 20 minutes, but it, it was crazy. It was crazy during those times trying to get homework done and get them where they needed to go and get them in bed at a decent time and having just no no free time.
1: To all the moms and stepmoms out there that are toting these youngins around back and forth to these practices and trainings and going out of town for the uh, baseball, softball, whatever stuff it is, travel ball, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. All the power to you. I could not do it. I just thank God that these kids <laughs> didn't want to <laughs> do stuff like that.
0: Yeah. You know, I will say, one: some of the, the most special bonding times that I had with the, with my stepsons was, was in the car. Was in the car coming home from the practice or taking them to the practice because it was just one-on-one, even if it was 10 or 15 minutes you know, or taking him to, you know, an event or something like that, or meeting their dad there, you know, like if he would come from work and he would drive and I would meet him there with, with the kids and everything. Um, so I have to say some, sometimes I learned quite a bit in those car rides. So I, I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't regret that, but I, I can say I'm glad it's over, but now we've got, um, uh, Michaela who is now in volleyball. So, and who, sets up a volleyball game on a Saturday in the middle of the High Estate Buckeye game. Who does that? They did. The
1: person that hates you, Lisa.
0: I know. I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? I, I mean, can't they be earlier? Like, I'll even go to the eight o'clock game if we can get done by the, by the time the, oh no, the game start at what, noon and three? Oh no, her, her game is like at 2, 2.30, right in the middle of the game. But I'm like, okay, I, I I love her. I love her. This is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I love her.
1: <laughs> it's funny talking about the kids in the car. I remember as the kids and I had reengaged, some of the best times that I had with them was in the car, all of us roasting each other kind of thing, just playing right. around. And um, I don't know why I forgot that they did play volleyball and I think even basketball for a little bit when they were in school, but it wasn't the same um, well, I guess I was working, and Mama was taking them where David was because I just wasn't involved with that. Yeah. And it was after school most of the time, so I don't think it was an issue with her mom. Yeah. yeah, But thank God it wasn't the travel ball stuff and all that. <laughs> all right, so I got another question for you. Sure. Bonus mom. You know, if you go into Nacho Kids right now and you say, I am a bonus mom. Girl, you better run. <laughs> you better run, run, run. <laughs> Because that's the differences in the situations. And I have to ask, did you start calling yourself bonus mom or did they? Because one of the things people say is, well, I'm sure the kids don't think you're a bonus. Right. Well,
0: actually, bonus mom to me doesn't mean what people think it does. I'm not a bonus to them. They are a bonus to me. So I've always thought of it that way. I am a, I'm a bonus mom that I get to be involved in their life. I am blessed. And so, no, they don't call me bonus mom. They actually just call me by my Lisa. Um, sometimes they had nicknames for me when they were little Lisa, Lisa Pizza and different things. I mean, cute things. But it's always been Lisa. They've never called me anything different. But as far as bonus mom, that's why I came up with it because stepmom has such a negative connotation with it, that I, when, I, when I put together the group, I just couldn't, you know, um, Buckeye bonus mom just sounds better, and Buckeye stepmom, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of, it, it just, it, yeah. bonus to me, it, again, it's not about me being a bonus to them, it's them being a
1: bonus to me. I still don't think I'm a bonus mom though, I'm, I'm still not your mama.
0: Right. And, and, and it's because of what you lived and what you, what you did, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, you, you wait a couple more years when the kids get married and so on. I mean, you're going to be the grandma, you know, they're, they're not going to be like, oh, she's the step grandma. I, I don't see them doing that. And with the relationship that you have now and that you've built, you know, um, So it comes, it kind of comes full circle. You might not, you might not think that you're a bonus, but honestly, you have impacted their lives, whether you stepped up, stepped out, stepped in.
1: Oh yeah. And that's what we try to tell people is even while you're not doing, you still can be a good role model for these kids. I mean, these kids know me because of my actions around them more than probably my actions to them because I was disengaged for a while. So they saw how I was, you know, how I dealt with my son when he was annoying me or how I um, would deal with things that might come up with David or just how David and I worked together differently once I did start nachoing to make things um, work better and allow me to kind of step in when I wanted to with them. Once you start feeling lonely in your little nacho land – then that's when you've got to start finding a way to re-engage a little bit. If not with at least your significant other, but with your stepkid, because some you got to get something. You're not being fed, but right. you got to get to that point sometimes. Right. You brought up the questioning the relationship. I know I did it. I know that David and I went to counseling like y'all did before you got married, just a visit or two, just to answer specific questions we had. We took this like marriage test, answer 100 questions, but it wasn't a blended family test or a step family test. It was a marriage test. And we read lots of books and talked to people. And one person told David, don't get married till your kids are out of the house. And we thought that was the most horrible advice. But now we understand, you know, once we went through it, we understood why he said that. But I hate it when people say, what advice would you give somebody that's getting ready to become a stepmom, and they say, run. I hate that. It bothers me because people are so quick to give up on it and not um, even want to pursue it because it does have such a high failure rate.
0: Right. I think that um, maybe a, a, the advice I would give if somebody asked me, you know, I'm get, i am I going to get married to somebody with kids, which I've been asked that before. I would say you need a support system. You need a support system of stepmoms and a positive support system. I'm not talking about where you're just Mm going to go in and bash the biological mom or so on. And it's just about venting. I'm talking about people sharing their experiences. They're going to share their thoughts and what they've been through and you pay attention and you listen and you learn from that. And then they're, some wonderful stepmom books out there now. You know, when I think I shared with you when I first got married, there was four or five. I read them cover to cover and back again. And there was only one group Mm -hmm. before I started Buckeye Bonus Mom. Now there's tons of groups. But I think there are tons of groups, but they may not be the right group. You have to figure out which group fits you. And, you know, to do the work and really think about it, you want to find... Um, a group that's going to challenge you, too, that if you ask a question about something that you may not get the answer that you want, not saying you have to be mean or nasty to that person and tell them, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. You want to tell them why you wouldn't do that or, or ask them more questions to dig in a little bit deeper of why they're asking that question, because it really depends on a lot of different things. But I, I, definitely, I definitely would say that.
1: It does. It depends on so many things. It depends on how involved the bio mom is, the ages of the stepkids at the time of blending, whether you got bio kids, whether you got our kids, what the visitation schedule is. I totally agree. Yeah, whether the in-laws are involved, because that was a big factor in ours, too, was the in-law involvement. And my thing is, if you get into a group and you realize it's not for you, a Facebook group, And you just realize that it's not for you. It's um, you don't agree with what people are saying. You have a different standpoint from how your stepmother role should be. Just leave the group. You don't need to announce it and make everybody else that doesn't agree with you feel like crap. Right. Right. I don't know why people find the need to do that. They just want to. I know hurt people hurt people, but man, stepmoms can be vicious toward each other. Yeah. I I really
0: have to say that thanks to the help of my team, um, I call them my ad minions, um, they, <laughs> they, they do. They help me. I mean, when I first started Buckeye Bonus Mom, I started it by myself. And I did probably, I want to say, three or four years of it by myself. So I could literally be on there 24-7 if I wanted to be. And answering questions Mm -hmm. and so on, and posting things and and posting upbeat, um, inspirational postings and so on. And then I finally realized, okay, I need I need a couple people to help me out. You know, I need time when I go on vacation. You know, to be able to turn off, you know, Buckeye Bonus Mom for a little while, but still have people getting the help that they need. So luckily I found a really, really good team of six gals that helped me over the last several years. And if it weren't for them, I don't think that Buckeye Bonus Mom would be as drama free as it is. You know, I'm not going to lie. We've had our issues in the past, but most of those people have either left or, or um, you know, either that or they got divorced and, and left the group or something. Um, but mm-hmm. i am I'm, I'm really pr- i have to say I'm really proud of that because we really try to keep the drama to to a limit because I'm not gonna go in there and have people going back and forth or bullying each other or being vicious mm-hmm. um I just what is the what's the point you're not learning learning anything from that
1: right and and of course we try to do the same thing it's unfortunate when you try you want to help people and so you're like, you know, hey, try not to talk like that or don't say that. Don't tell the people to go put the dirty dishes on the stepkid's bed. I mean, come on. <laughs> don't be telling people stuff like that. They do. That's what they say. Right. And so people think that's what nachoing is because that's what the post they keep seeing is. They don't read the comments where we're going, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's not nachoing. Nachoing is letting dad deal with those dishes. Right. When he comes in, you can say, Hey, can you help with the dishes? You don't say your kid didn't do the dishes. You say, Hey, can you help with the dishes? Or can you do the dishes? And hopefully they'll pick up on some point that it's their kid's dishes they're doing instead of you having to be involved and be the bad person. Right,
0: right. Because, yeah, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And sometimes, you know, people see it from their perspective. You know, you have to, they right. have to be open minded to, See what you're creating, what you're what you're saying, what you went through.
1: Right, and some people will flip out if they really heard me say that I hated my stepkids. And I know hate is a very strong word, but I disliked them greatly, and they disliked me greatly. Right, it was a mutual understanding, and it was okay because that's how we felt. And no, I don't hate them now. I love them. I don't think I ever probably did hate them. I hated um, the situation and I looked at them as the cause of the situation instead of realizing that by me being so involved, David couldn't parent them. And that's what was making me mad was that he wasn't. Right, right. So we have to step back to let them parent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, I was going to say, you have to do what works for your family. And you found what worked.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you did too. Yes. And people can too. Um, One of the things I don't like about Facebook, the Facebook groups, um, especially mine, not so much yours, because um, it's almost like people are are calmer in a lot of the stepmom groups. But mine is just um, where a lot of the hurt people end up. And they don't know what to do. And they're on the verge of divorce. And stepkids are a pain in the butt. And they feel like everything's their responsibility because they went in trying to be super stepmom. And then realized it was too much for them and then get resentful because dad's not doing anything. And next thing you know, this person's stressed out in the hospital on anxiety meds and everything else.
0: Yeah. And it's just so sad. It is so sad because I, I do think that counseling, I do think that once you start to see their issues before it snowballs, To the point that it's out of control and that everybody hates everybody in the household, you know, that Mm -hmm. need to do something. And sometimes, you know, like what you said, you're getting people that it's almost too late um, because everything is is past that. So kudos to you for helping out those, um, those ladies, those stepmoms to, you know, maybe save their marriage.
1: We're very blessed and we get feedback a lot from people that have told us that we have saved their marriage. We've even had people tell us that we um, help them to not commit suicide. So that's that's why we do this. It's not to make money off of people. It's not to make other people that don't Nacho feel bad. It's to help other people. And like I said, unfortunately, Facebook groups aren't the best way to teach processes. um, When you've got so many people coming in and, that don't understand the process and want to tell people how to do what they think they should do. And that's one reason that we created the Academy because we saw that the need for being able to teach the process wasn't best on the Facebook platform.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. It's not about the money. Um I've been doing this for almost 13 years and I think we talked a little bit and, i 'm um, thinking of ways now to make a little bit of revenue, however, I have never asked for any money over the last thirteen years besides doing the events, which it was applied to the event um, but uh, being there twenty four seven somebody whether it 's not me or whether it 's my my uh, my gals that help me um, you know, works a the, work the group, they they have access some, to somebody almost all the time. And it's really about the passion that we have because we've been there, we've been there in the trenches and you don't, I never wanted someone to feel the way that I did at the start of my marriage in the first couple of years, especially it was, I, I use the word horrific. I, you know, mm-hmm. with the ex, with trying to figure out my place with trying to figure out, I, you know, I felt like being child-free coming in and there was four, four little, four little, three little and one big guy waiting down at the end of the aisle, four boys. I include that my Mm -hmm. husband. He's one of those boys. And, um, I, my, my life changed. I feel like his life got better because, you know, I came along and started helping him with, with the kids and, and so on. Whereas my life, I mean, I moved, he already had a house and the kids were up here in the school district. So I, um, I moved into, into the house. I, I, you know, I left where I like to live. I mean, um, yeah, it it was just, it's all uprooting and it's a complete Mm -hmm. big change when, when you're used to having a clean house and you come home and there's little shoes everywhere and socks and, and book bags and, Uh (laughs) and everything. And I'm like, where's all this stuff going? You need to put it here, here, and here. And I, again, flexibility. um, I learned a lot of patience. I have learned a lot of patience. My husband says I don't have as much, but I think I have a ton of patience compared to where I was before to now
1: mm-hmm, yes, I have grown tremendously because of this blended crap <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, I have too. I really and you know it's it's helped in other aspects of my life because I've become a stronger person, and we talked about having thick skin, certain things that maybe would bother me um that doesn't even phase me anymore. Because of what all that we've been through as a couple, let alone as a blended family and so on. Uh, it just, yeah, you, you, you learn a lot.
1: It helps you to put things into perspective sometimes. Definitely. Rockley's not the hill to die on. <laughs> exactly. It's not. It, yeah. The socks aren't worth the hill to die on. It's just not. Right. Lisa, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. Well, thank you so much
0: for inviting me. It's been wonderful. I'm really humbled and honored that you asked me. And I'm hoping that um, the ladies that that listen or the families that listen to this uh, maybe get a little bit out of it.
1: Oh, I'm sure they will. Now, tell people how, um, if they're in Ohio, right, they can join your group.
0: Yeah, actually, um, we have... We have a lot of people from Ohio, but we have people all around the United States, Canada, Australia, everybody. So um, Buckeye Bonus Mom um, is a uh, closed group on Facebook, but we do have a Buckeye Bonus Mom public page. So they can just um, find Buckeye Bonus Mom, Google it, whatever. And I have a website, but it's uh, unfortunately right now it's down because I'm updating it and I want to make it... a. little bit better than what it was so um but they can find that public page and then they can message if they want to join as a stepmom unfortunately it's just for stepmoms not stepdads or anything but because i feel like that's who i can help that's that's the forte because i i've lived it i'm living it so but yeah Mm -hmm.
1: all right well that's awesome and again, thank you so much, and I'm sure that at some point we'll have you back on. Okay, thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Um, bye. Bye-bye. Well, what do y'all think about weasels and weaselettes? <laughs> I like that. I think it's cute.
3: Yeah, it's a lot better name than you called mine. <laughs> Nachos? <laughs> Nachos. No, how you-
1: dare you call your stepkids an appetizer? <laughs> you remember how many emails I got about that or messages? and
3: Yeah. That's funny. You're like, what do you mean appetizer? That's the main course.
1: What if I called them sardines? Would that have been better? Stinky little things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was more appropriate. Sardines would have been a lot more appropriate. Okay. Let's listen to another testimonial
3: about nachoing.
1: Testify, woman. Testify. Someone asked the question, has nachoing helped your relationship? Okay. It wasn't me that asked this question, but I'm going with it. The response was, yes, our marriage is better because of it. I am much less stressed now, and it makes things easier. My husband actually suggested a nacho to help with my stress and anxiety.
3: Mm -hmm. Cheers to the husband. Absolutely. That's exactly what I did. David, why is everything got to be about you? It's not. I'm just saying, I I tried to get you to nacho. You did not. I did. I just didn't call it that. Y'all, we have been through this over and over. I, I just told you to back off. No, you didn't. And then you looked at me like, what'd you say to me? And I was like, oh. I, said, I said, back off. You know I what? wish y'all could have
1: seen his face. It was one of those, "uh" looks.
3: <laughs> what'd you say to me, Willis? I'm getting ready to whoop you upside the head. It's not, what'd you say to me, Willis?
1: Don't,
3: don't I know that. Don't get your that. 80 shows messed up. We have, oh. What you talking about, Willis? There you go.
1: So anyway, it was great talking to Lisa. We think she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope to talk to Lisa again in the future to find out about maybe doing a nacho
3: cruise. Yeah. Well, she's got, what was it? Buckeye bonus moms. Mm-hmm. Can we do the kind crazy mom's cruise? No.
1: <laughs> but you know, there are cruises that go out of Charleston. Exactly. Are now, there l- cruises that go out of Ohio?
3: No. A river cruise. <laughs> no, I think these are real cruises the nacho cruise would be cool
1: yeah but we've talked
3: about it before
1: all these men that don't know that their significant others are nachoing them and you know some of these women might choose to drink alcoholic beverages (laughs) and the next thing you know they'll be nacho 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 and everybody laughing at nacho and they'll sing the macho man song but say nacho man or nacho kids (laughs) and all these men will be like what they'll be so confused And then they'll tell them, because they nacho kids.
3: I would just be afraid of people that are uh, not happy in their relationship in in an inebriated state with other people that aren't happy in their relationship. (laughs) See,
1: maybe that's the difference in Lisa's group and ours, (laughs) because her group is the Buckeye Bonus Mom. Mm -hmm. So to be a bonus mom, you probably don't have the issues that you do as a nacho mom.
3: Yeah, you're getting past the drama. Yeah.
1: Or didn't have it in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Or didn't have to nacho. Again, you can have drama, but still not have to nacho because that's not what your relationship requires. Possibly. Yeah.
3: But it's still funny that people go, I don't have to nacho. And then when they start telling you some stuff they're doing, you're like, oh, no, you're doing some of that. (laughs) Yep. Like, I'm about nacho you.
1: (laughs) Or they'll say, "I um, I don't agree with nachoing. But I disengage from my stepkid and it's like, okay, that's part of the nacho process. Mm-hmm. You're just forgetting the good parts of the, or the other good parts of the nacho process. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. David. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got to go study up on my 80s stuff so I can act like I'm as smart as David the next time.
3: Not going to happen. Tell me one more song from the 80s, David. Look, I remember the 80s. <laughs> I'm not going to say why you don't. <laughs> <laughs> because I was a baby. You're cradle <laughs> Robber. You were not a baby. I was. You were not. I was. So what what do you want from the eighties? A song from the eighties?
1: Give me one more song from the eighties. I got one. What about another one bites the
3: dust? Uh yes.
1: Yay! Lori wins a prize.
3: Yeah. Bon Jovi's first albums in eighties. A friend of mine got married and
1: um as she was coming down the driveway in the police car to get married, they played another one Bites the Dust. Pretty cool.
3: Yeah. That was That had to be early 80s. Go ahead and look it up. I am. You looked this
1: crap up before? Yeah, that's like early 80s. 1980. Yep. Oh, look, it's funny because when you look it up, it says B side, meaning it was a record. Right.
3: It's the B side of the record. Yeah. Because you you play it backwards. You know that one? Another one bites the dust on the record on B side. You put put the little needle on there and spin it backwards manually. Another one back to dust would say it's fun to smoke marijuana. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Look it up. Did you do it? Uh, of course I did it. Did you hear it? Yeah. How
1: did they get it to say that? Because wouldn't you have to say, say it reverse?
3: Uh, there's, back in the 80s, <laughs> there was this whole thing called back, back masking, where they could make a record say things backwards. Um, and so they did it a, a good bit, actually. Okay. Well, do you know what song was on side B?
1: Do you know what song was on side B of the Another One Bites the Dust record?
3: Um no. I don't I didn't listen to it apparently.
1: Don't try suicide.
3: <laughs> All right. So did you look it up about I did the look it up. fun to play or fun to smoke marijuana?
1: It doesn't say that it's true. It just said That Christian evangelist claimed that when played in reverse, the lyrics, Another One Bites the Dust becomes "It's fun to smoke marijuana.
3: I did it. And it says it. I'm
1: telling you. Okay. And it says some believe since the song had other strange effects on it, it was possible the band had purposely used back masking to hide the pro
3: marijuana message. Mm -hmm. There's one song somebody put out. I don't remember who did it, but they intentionally made like the entire song back masking. It was crazy but they did it that way on on purpose you know that during the 80s there was this big thing about hidden lyrics in the music and the people that put the music together never knew that that it was there but i don't think they didn't know it was there i think they did that on purpose
1: but i don't understand how you could say another one bites the dust says it's fun to smoke marijuana
3: it, it's some, something in how they produced the, the um song
1: i mean because it would be a new
3: uh <laughs> Ecom's odd <laughs> enough Okay. Stah. All right, we're going off into a I could tell you some more that I, I found out. There was um there was another one I had. I think it was the Jay Giles band, Angel is a the centerfold. There was a certain part of it, you played it backwards and it said like I am Satan or something like that. <laughs> it was crazy. I know a
1: guy that used to love that song. <laughs>
3: Okay. But anyway. I'm going to look that up too. Some of my more 80s useless knowledge.
1: David is full of that today.
3: (laughs) All right. So that's our show for today, folks. Make sure you join us again next week as Lori is Googling backmasking stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you later. Hasta la pasta.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.